Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. You know, usually we talk about your home, everything having to do with your home, kitchens, baths, you name it, we chat about it. Well, we're not going to do that today. And by the way, it is November 18th, and I do have to say that before you know it, we're going to have Christmas and Thanksgiving, Uh, particularly not in that order. But the holidays are um, around the corner. And the subject that we're going to talk about today um, is... It's popping up all over. A matter of fact, 70%, um, there's been an increase of 70% in cyber scams. So we're going to talk about scamming today. Now, what do scams have to do with home design? Well, nothing. But our lives have changed, and using this podcast to educate about various things is what we're all about. I want to tell you what happened recently to me. Um, the first week of October, I was on the way to a doctor's appointment with my husband. We were in a medical transport, hence the noise from the car. My phone rang. I answered it. The first voice I heard was my daughter, who I thought was my daughter, saying, Mom, please help me. This, um, I started saying, what's wrong? The phone then was grabbed by this person. And this person said, I'm trying to help your daughter. At that point, he's, he's got my attention immediately. He then proceeded to um, continue to get into my good graces, saying he was going to help my daughter. But he eventually, a couple of minutes later, started threatening me, threatening her. Um, I won't go through all of the horrible um, details, but I was uh, terrorized for two hours. And I was threatened, and I did end up paying a portion. And right as I was going to pay a second amount of money, my daughter called me, which proved that I was being scammed. She said, quickly, call 911. I proceeded to do that. But for two hours, which was probably the most horrible two hours of my life, I felt that I was just being used as a pawn. And the guy was, he used my vulnerability to the nth degree. I could have either forgotten about it, tried to bury it in my mind, or I wanted to share it and let everybody know that these people are out there. They're treacherous. They're despicable. And by sharing my story with everybody, I want them to be aware that this is happening many times a week. This scam and other scams. If you're interested in hearing about my whole story, I did write it and I could send it to you if you want to um, email me at nancy at nancyugo.com. So on with the rest of how you can be scammed. Believe me, this is not a pleasant subject, but Chris Diamond is back with us today. He's done past podcasts with me about cyber scams and various other things. And so who better to talk about how not to get scammed by Chris. Chris, thank you so much for being with me today. Hey, thanks for having me, Nancy. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about this ugly subject. Oh, every time I think about it, I, I really would like to get these people and put them out of business, and that's the reason why I send out my story to so many people. Scammers are so inventive, and they keep coming up with new ways to con people out of their money. And 
you know, according to the police, this happens many, many times and there's nothing they can do about it. So we have to band together and protect ourselves. So, you know, what can I say? Right, Chris? Yep. I mean, it happens all the time. Today, as a matter of fact, I got an email that said something to the effect of your American Express account has been suspended because of activity, you know, go verify these transactions. And I knew, you know, right away I knew it was a scam. And um, just for just for giggles, I, I emailed them back and I uh, actually tried to go to the site, but the, the site had already been uh, blocked by uh, Chrome, my browser, because um, they knew it was a scam. But it's just, it's funny. And, and sometimes I mess with the scammers by emailing them back and forth because I like the fact that if I can if I can waste an hour of time of their day, then I feel like I'm actually doing something. Boy, <laughs> that would be nice, you know. It, but if we were all smart enough to recognize that it's a scam and then waste their time, that would take away some of the time that they're going to the next person to scam. So if we all can do that, we can actually put these people out of business. Yeah, it's, um, it's funny. I watch these YouTube videos of this guy who's his goal in life is to just mess with scammers and he can actually, when they, you know, I know that you've had this one happen to you before Nancy, where they call you up and say that they're from Microsoft and they need to get access to your computer. Well, he has a way when they get access to his computer that he gets access to their computer. Oh, well. And he, he figures out their names and where they live. And it's, it's really funny when, you know, they're talking to him and he's trying to scam or they're trying to scam him. And then he says, Oh, I know your name and I know your wife's name and I know where you live. And it just freaks them out. And sometimes there's another guy that actually will start deleting files off of their computer. Wow. That would be nice. Um, not to bring up my scam again, but this guy was just the epitome of perfection. And I hate to admit that. How can we spot a scam? Um, you know, what are the easy ways for the lay people who are not computer geeks to um, recognize a scam? Well, on your computer, if you get an email um, and it's asking you to log in to something, it, it's usually a scam. And one of the easiest ways to do it is just to go look at the email address. And if they say they're from Wells Fargo, but they're, you know, um, new accounts at blah, 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 and it's not Wells Fargo, then you know right away it's a scam. Um, because what they're doing, that's that's what they call a phishing attack, where they're trying to get you to log into a fake site. And it can look just like Wells Fargo's site, because what they do is they copy the site and they make it look exactly like Wells Fargo's site. Um, and then you put in your your username and your password, and now they have your username and password to your bank account. Um, so, so that's one way is to look at the email. Most of them are not legitimate. And the best thing to do in that sense, if you get an email and it says it's from your bank or the place you make your car payments to or your utility company, is don't click on the links in emails. Never, never, ever click on the links in emails. If it's your power company saying we're going to shut off your power um, and you start panicking, either call them. Or go directly to their website. Don't don't click on the link in the email. 
Talking about power companies, let me interrupt you for one second. I got a phone call the other day, and I looked at the name. It was somebody's name. No, it wasn't. It was, um, yeah, it was. It was somebody's name. I didn't recognize the name, but I answered it. The person said, I'm from uh, your uh, electric company, and if you don't pay, we're going to shut your power off in 30 minutes. And I hung up, and I thought, I paid the bill. Why would they call me? Of course, what did I know? I, so I called back, and the guy who answered said, uh, well, actually, I called back, and there was a guy who said, I'm from SRP, my electric company. And I said, oh, really? And he hung up. Well, then I called back, and the guy whose name showed up on the screen answered the phone, and he goes, you're my eighth call today. Somebody got my phone number. So do you want to explain spoofing? Because I found out this is what they did. Yeah, spoofing, usually usually it's that's more associated with, with um, like robocalls and calls trying to get you to – to do something, you know, an advertisement, but that there are scammers that spoof. And what they do is they spoof your, uh, area code and the prefix. So like my area code is 480 and my phone number starts with 248. So I might get a call from 480-248-7812. And I'll say, Oh, that's somebody in my neighborhood or somebody around me. Mm-hmm. And it's really not. They're just spoofing the phone number. They could do that with email address as well. So, but they can also make a phone call where they're using the person's uh, caller ID. So it could have said the electric company. The, these people didn't do that. But many people do do that. Where they, yeah. Right? Absolutely. So typically, if you see it, you know that company, you're going to answer the phone. Yep. And, and <sighs> in instances like yours, I, I would guess that the guy is just – guessing that you have a daughter. And if you oh, said, going back to my personal um, Yeah. Yeah. And if you had said, "Well, I don't have a daughter," he would have just hung up and went to the next number. Well, like I said, if anybody wants to really read the story, it's it's a quick two pages, but he preyed on my vulnerability and the information that I blurted out thinking this was my daughter. Now, a lot of people have said, "Well, don't you know your daughter's name?" There's more to it than that. This guy was a master. Going back to different scams, you know, I did some research and we don't only get cyber scammed, we get scammed by the mail, by our phone, even people in person will knock at your door. And there's a couple of things uh, that, Chris, you can go over. When somebody knocks at your door, first of all, maybe you shouldn't answer it, right? But um, do you want to go over the do's and don'ts when somebody answers your, uh, somebody knocks on your door? Well, when somebody knocks on my door, I have a ring doorbell, so I just go <laughs> on the camera and say, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if, if somebody's knocking on your door and they say they're from a charity or whatever, they should have a, an official identification. Um, personally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't deal with anybody that that um, knocks on my door. Um, sorry about that. Is somebody knocking at your door? Yeah, Chris? somebody's knocking at my door right now. <laughs> Um, <laughs> your kids and you're not answering the door. Okay. Oh my God. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, the, the, it, personally, you know, if somebody comes and they say 
that there was this there was it's not really a scam but it's it, it was these kids going coming around saying oh i'm selling magazine subscriptions to uh win a trip to disneyland and you know they get they, these are not kids that are from your local school or anything they get these kids and they round them up and they bring them in a van and they send them out through the neighborhood um but but generally if, if somebody's knocking at my door and i don't know them i usually will not answer it Sometimes I'll just through the door say, can I help you? And they're collecting something or they're doing whatever, and I'll say, not interested. Yeah. I get a lot um, of people knocking at my door that want to sell me windows. You know what, we'll though? And I, I, yeah, right. I have to say that if you don't answer your door, that gives them the idea that nobody's home. And there was a time in our neighborhood where people were kicking in the doors if the Strangers were kicking in doors of the homes where people weren't home. So, you know, it's a double-edged sword. You want to say, go away from my house. Um, I'm not interested. If you don't answer, maybe they're saying, oh, this is a nice house that we can break into. So you just got to be real careful. Well, let, me just throw, you- let me just throw out the fact that um, I do believe in um, – in uh, protecting yourself any way you can. Anyway, let me just throw that out there. Go ahead. Well, that's 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 a good good case for having something like a ring doorbell. Yeah. Um, because I can answer it. They don't know if I'm upstairs or if I'm in France. <laughs> so um, they. So let's don't know. face it. If you were in France, would you answer your doorbell? Uh, no. I probably would, <laughs> just to make sure it's not somebody who's going to kick down my door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll give you a tip if if you want something like a ring doorbell, and they're they're pretty pricey. They're up in the two hundred dollar range for the newest ones. Really? There's a company called Wise, spelled W Y Z E, and these guys are just taking over everything. They uh, they make cameras. I have four of them in my house. Um, they're little cameras. They're they're webcams. And they're twenty dollars each. And they're, and they're con- are they connected to your computer? They're connected uh, to their servers, but I can set it, and I have this set. If anyone comes in my office, my home office, it alerts me on my phone, and I can look and see who's in there. And that's mm-hmm. mostly for my kids coming to my office to take stuff. Yeah, but um, they, they're very handy when we go on vacation. I turn the motion of detection on all of them. Mm-hmm. And that way, if anyone comes in my house, I get an alert and I get to see, you know, if somebody is truly in my house. And like I said, the reason I like the whys, and I'm believe me, I don't work for them. I don't get any, any anything from them. But the cameras are $20 a piece, and they just came out with a, like a ring doorbell that's like $40. So, you know, before it was before I was kind of wondering, do I need to get a ring doorbell? It's pretty expensive, you know, a couple hundred dollars. But now with the Ys, they're $40 and it's it's pretty easy to justify that. Mm, that sounds um, good. Yeah. So I'm, go ahead. Well, we have notes that we're going by. If people didn't realize that, we don't just sometimes we talk off the top of our head, but uh, they're. Uh, there's, um, I'm looking at it, how to protect yourself. Scammers are clever. And when I was telling somebody about my story, um, and this particular person works with older people, and he said there was a woman that 
got a phone call on her mobile and he said, you've won the Irish sweepstakes. She got all excited. He said, but you have to send us, I think it was $1,500. So she did. Well, that's one thing, people. Don't ever, ever send money anywhere. Um, Because, I mean, I've got more emails, people saying, oh, we we want you to do this, but you've got to send money. Well, the bad news about this poor woman was she didn't hear from them. She had her number changed just because she got a new phone. It's not that she was trying to protect herself. And she thought, oh, I didn't hear from them. They don't have my new number. So she sent them another 1500 Oh, my God. Yeah. Those are the times when you absolutely say, oh, my God, why doesn't this woman talk to somebody before she does that? Yeah. It's really quite sad because it's usually the older people that are getting mm-hmm. scammed most. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've told you this before, and the biggest um, the biggest way people get scammed is through greed, their greed. Mm-hmm. Just like just like that woman you just mentioned, she won the Irish sweepstakes. Well, did she enter the Irish sweepstakes? Probably not. So why would she think she won? But a lot of scams are predicated on, you know, I'm going to give you something for nothing. And, you know, if you if you live in life, you know that you never get something for nothing. Well, you know the old saying, Chris, if it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. Right, right. So that's, you know, there's, I guess there's two kinds of scams. There's the ones where they're trying to um, – Get your greed, make you happy, you know, make you looking forward to something. And there's ones where they're trying to scare you. Um, and I know that we talked about this before, and this um, kind of happened to you, but we caught it before it did any damage. But the scare tactic is the one where they call you and they say, "Oh, we're Microsoft, and your computers. We we noticed some, you know, some uh, viruses on your computer, so we're going to check it for you." Mm-hmm. And people, that's never Microsoft. Microsoft will never, ever call you. As a matter of fact, if you try to call Microsoft, you'll have a hard time getting hold of anybody. Yeah, sometimes I wonder if they have phone numbers. Yeah. But yes, and I did fall for that. And thank you, Chris, for helping me out with that. <laughs> because they sounded so authentic. I mean, these people were like, yeah, we, you know, just stay on the line and we'll help you because, and you think, oh my God. <laughs> Afterwards, I said, oh my God, how did I fall for that? there's, like I said, I keep saying this, they're so inventive. I've gotten a lot of emails where people start out with, oh, I need my house remodeled. And everybody knows I'm a remodeler and a designer. So I get a lot of these uh, emails saying, yes, I found this house and I need you to do this. You know, how much would it cost? And then before you know it, they're wanting money from me. As a web designer, I get that all the time. I get I get emails all the time that say, hey, we have this website we want you to do. Do you take credit cards? And once they say, do you take credit cards, I know right then and there that it's a scam. And like I said, sometimes I'll just uh, email back and forth with them to waste their time because I want to, you know, if they're going to scam me, try and scam me, I'm going to try and waste some of their some of their mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's a big one. So, um, and that's that's – you know, that's one that they're, they're trying to scam me as a business owner. Yeah. I want to talk about um, how to protect yourself on computers. But first, I got to let everybody know that, um, hey, like I said before, the holidays are here. Maybe you want to 
change the look of your house. You want more lights. You want to put some fixtures in there. Um, you want to change your light bulbs to LEDs. Well, there's nothing better to, and easier to do than go on shoppremier.com. Premier Lighting is the quintessential of lighting companies. They have consultants that will help you. Um, if you don't live in Scottsdale, and a lot of you don't, you can go on their website and you can shop from their website. You can also call them and ask them any questions. The lighting consultants are really easy to work with and they're always there to help you. So think about kind of changing the inside of the look of the room, adding more lights. Maybe uh, you need some different light bulbs. You need some, maybe a ceiling fixture to kind of give yourself a Christmas present and change the look. So go to shoppremier.com and you won't be, um, you won't be, well, actually, they're not going to scam you. They are so honest. It's, um, it's really a pleasure working with them. So try them out. You would not be sorry. Um, Chris, I I know we've done podcasts about how to uh, be how to protect your computer from scamming. Uh, do you want to go over that again? Just um, you know, we've got a couple of points that you can give people so that they can protect themselves. Yeah, let's talk about that. So let's talk about um, different different methods that they're going to try and scam you, different routes they're going to take. So like in person, we talked about that. Someone comes to your door, make sure. If they're representing some kind of charity, make sure they have a, an ID, an official ID. Um, and then if uh, and then in online, make sure that make sure that your computer has virus software on it, antivirus software. Um, don't click on links, and I told you don't click on links and attachments or in emails. We don't ever want to do that. Um, and and just beware that that if Online, if people are emailing you to offer you something that sounds incredible, hey, I'm going to give you a $500 gift card to Amazon, and you don't have to do anything. Well, no one gives you $500 gift card to Amazon for doing nothing. Yeah. So, they don't even give you a dollar uh, yeah. gift card. You know, just be leery of everything, I would think. So if we what talk if- about computers, because that's, you know, that's my background was in uh, cybersecurity for banks. Um, a couple good things you can do is always have a strong password mm-hmm. and don't ever use the same password on different sites. And I'll give you a little trick for that. Think of a password. Think of a good password. So say you're gonna, your dog's name is, is Charlie and you live and at 2250. And he has blue eyes. <laughs> yeah. And you live at 2250. Well, Charlie 2250 is a terrible password. Oh, really? So what I do is I use the same password on every site. Say it's Charlie2250, but I append three or four letters of the site to the end of the password. Now, I've got a pretty strong password because it's not just a common word and some numbers. Now it's a common word, some numbers, and some kind of random text. Well, give us an example, Chris, because I know in your seminar it was easy to follow, and I have done that too. What yeah, so so if my password, my master password, I say, master means the one I'm going to use all the time is Charlie2250, mm-hmm. and I'm a y- Yahoo, I'm going to make it Charlie2250YAH for the f- three letters of Yahoo, or use the four letters. And then if I go to Google, it's going to be Charlie2250GOO. And you see, by doing that, all my passwords are different. So if somebody guesses my Google password 
and they say, okay, I'm going to go to his bank and try and use that password in your bank, it's not going to work because right. all my passwords are different on all my site, on all the sites I visit. Yeah. Well, you yep. know what? You did during the seminar, you explained how um, the chances of breaking a password if it's too short and then um, the chances as it gets longer, the chances get harder to break. Yes. It goes from, you know, a four digit or uh, four character password using what they call a brute force attack. And that's where it just starts generating every password that's, that can be made with four digits. A brute force attack on a four-digit password, and I, I forgot the, I don't have the chart in front of me, but I'll say something like the four-digit password could probably be cracked in a matter of five seconds using brute force. Uh, however, if you use the 20-digit password, that would take 15 years of the computer running constantly. So the longer the password, the better. So you and the more combination of different things, too. Right, right. And it, well, there's two kinds. Of, I don't want to get into like a whole thing about cracking passwords, but there's usually two kind of, of password cracking that people use. One's called a dictionary crack, and that's just what it sounds. They go through words in the dictionary, and they might append two numbers at the end or three numbers because a lot of people tend to do that. You know, harpsichord 22. Well, if I run a dictionary crack on Harpsichord 22, I'm going to crack that password in probably 30 seconds mm. because it's a it's a word in the dictionary. So you want to try and not use words in the dictionary. Um, and then the other one is called a brute force attack. And basically, like I said, that one just kind of generates password after password, just randomly generates passwords until it hits. Um, but obviously, the longer the password, the more combinations it's going to have to try and generate. So like I said, I mean, like a 20-digit password probably take a computer 15 years of running constantly to crack that password. Mm. Well, I have a question for you. Um, what about using Wi-Fi in places like Starbucks or if you go to a restaurant and they say free Wi-Fi? Um, how secure are they? Well, okay, so if you use a if you go to a place that has public Wi-Fi and they have a password, that usually means that that Wi-Fi is encrypted, which means that when you whatever you send out of your computer, it encrypts it, means it scrambles it up into gib just, just gibberish if you looked at it, and then when it gets to the other end, it unscrambles it. So that's pretty safe because there's things called a sniffer a Wi-Fi sniffer where I can sit in Starbucks and monitor any traffic that's going through the air right there. I can I can actually pick up any traffic that's going through the air. Anything you're typing on your computer, it goes through the air. I can see it if you logged in without a password. Oh. Now I think Starbucks is pretty good. I think they're encrypting their encrypting their signals through another method. But if I go to you know Joe's coffee shop. And he says, yeah, my, uh, my Wi-Fi is Joe's Coffee Shop. Um, that's the, the Wi-Fi you want to hook to and there's no password. Then your, your traffic is going through without being encrypted and very dangerous. Okay. What about airports? You know how you can use their Wi-Fi? You think they're safe? Yeah. I, if I'm in an airport, I won't go to any uh, – like I'll, I'll surf the net, but I won't go to my bank sites or anything that – that I wouldn't want somebody to to get into. Mm -hmm. So 
semi-safe. I'm not sure what kind of encryption they use. I'm sure they do some kind of encryption without a password. But, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Anytime you're in doubt, probably don't go to your bank. Don't go to your credit card sites. Mm-hmm. Let's talk quickly about social media. Uh, I think people tend to put too much information on social media. Um, so it, it's like leaving your door open to your house. How do you feel about that? Well, it is because the the way uh, hackers use social media is they gain a whole bunch of uh, information about you, like say your birthday and your mother's maiden name. So now if they if they go to your um, say Gmail account or some other account and they say, I forgot my password and they can intercept the emails to you that, you know, it's going to ask you those questions. What's your mother's maiden name? Well, they know that because it's already on your social media and that's, that's how hackers use that information. Mm. Um, I think I'm against, and I've said this before, putting stuff on social media is not the best thing you can do. You can't unring the bell. Once you put stuff on there, it's there. You think you deleted it, but it's in the cloud. It's somewhere. Uh, So I think the uh, hackers, if they would just put their brain power to something good, wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. And the other thing I want to mention before we cut off is that Another really good protection is called two-factor authentication. And I have that on a lot of my accounts. And what that does is if I try to log in and it's, say, say I'm logging into Google. Well, Google knows where I usually log in from my house. It knows my IP address that I usually log in from. If I go to California and I try to log into Google, it's not going to recognize the IP address I'm trying to log into, and it's going to send a thing to my phone. And then I have to approve it on my phone, or it might send a text message with a, a you know six-digit number that I have to type in. And the way that's beneficial is some people, if I hacked you, Nancy, and I got your, your login to, say, your bank, right? Because I was looking over your shoulder at Starbucks when you typed it in. But you have two two factor authentication. I go to my house. I try to log in. It says, "Okay, go to your phone and give me that six digit number." Well, I don't have your phone, so I'm not going to be able to log into your account. So, would you suggest everybody use that? I would suggest everybody use that on important accounts. Like if it's mm-hmm. just you know, hey, I'm logging into I don't know Boat Amazon? Trader. Would you do it for Amazon? Yeah, Amazon's a good, yeah, because people could get on. If people crack your Amazon account, they can get in there and start ordering stuff, send it to their house. But Uh, say you're going to Boat Trader and you're not really putting any sensitive information on there, then, yeah, don't use two-factor authentication. But sites where money is involved, I would always use two-factor authentication. Yeah. I think we've covered a lot of stuff. We did. Oh, I think we did. I think if um, – and there's going to be a lot more on um, on the posts that I put because it's impossible to cover everything, but we tried to cover the important things. Uh, yeah, I'll give you one more tip before I go. I, oh, where are you going? <laughs> going out to dinner. <laughs> That's right. So I'm wearing a mask. Don't worry. Uh, okay. There was, there was one call I got – and I was talking to this person. I was pretty sure they were legit. 
But she says, oh, I have to, uh, you know, verify your account. What's your social security number? And I said, well, I'm not going to give you my social security number because I, you know, I'm pretty sure you're legit. 90% sure you're legit, but I'm not sure you're 100% legit. So then she said, well, okay, can you give me, you know, the last four digits of your account? And I gave her that instead. So that's another thing is, you know, when people ask you for Pat, don't, Ever, ever, ever give your password over the phone to anybody. Never. Mm-hmm. Nobody should ever ask you for your password. If I'm if I'm on the other end and I'm working for Wells Fargo, I can't see your password. So if I say I want to verify your password, what is it? I can't see your password. Nobody has access to your passwords except for you. They're all encrypted on the other side. So yeah, that goes for PIN numbers too. Yeah, exactly. Don't give them anything. Just don't get, don't give them any information like that. Um, I think it gets to the point, Chris, where you're you're better off not trusting anybody, and they have to prove to you that they're legit. Right. Right. Think of the glasses half empty all the time. Yeah. So our society is sure changing in many many ways. Sure is. Yeah. Oh well. Things are going to get worse before they get better. So. I hope uh, everybody's learned a lot from this podcast. I know you have to leave, but I do hope that everybody enjoyed this show and that they got a lot of information out of it. And don't forget, if you are interested in uh, learning more about my story, you can just email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. And you can subscribe to these podcasts. You know, this is my 137th podcast in this series, and I'm... I don't see me ending anywhere soon because I really do enjoy podcasting. So you can subscribe, you can rate, and you can comment on the platform that you're using. We're on 28 platforms, including Amazon Music and iHeartRadio and um, Apple. So I'm sure you can find us somewhere. And don't forget to share them with your friends, especially this particular podcast. You don't want one of your friends to say they've been scammed and you could have sent them this podcast or told them to listen. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to nancyhugo.com. And if you have any questions for me or for Chris, we would be happy to uh, send you uh, or email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com, and we will answer your questions. So stay safe and have a great day. Thank you very much for listening. <music>